I want to talk about the big storms that happened last night. I was sat watching TV. Uh, a next door's recycling box broke the land speed record going past our window. It was all going on. I think the whole country pretty much had it as well. And I would say, right, one of the first casualties of high winds is not normally your walls and your roofs, although that is part of it. The most numerous casualties are things like garden furniture and stuff like that. Middle class stuff. That's why in the first hour of home time tonight, we are launching the middle class storm damage desk. MCSDD, which sounds like an illness. If you've had middle class storm damage overnight, some of your stuff has gone or has been tipped over, tell us about it. Get it off your chest. Claim compensation. So within the show here on Home Time, uh, our gas barbecue cover is completely gone. I'm very sad to report. It's literally disappeared. It's blown off. I don't know where it is. Producer Adam's uh, fence has gone over right into the middle of his strawberry patch. Uh, Claire says the bunting we'd tied across the garden came loose at one end, whipped around in the wind all night. I'm surprised we survived. Uh, Mark says the fire pit cover got blown off the fire pit. I had to pick it up and put it back on my way to work this morning. I think he's okay though. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, Mark. This and that on Twitter say uh, my new outdoor rug flipped over and got covered in leaves and dirt. Just the tip of the iceberg, some of the pain that people are feeling today. Ryan says his rattan furniture cover almost broken loose. We've weighted, weighted it down with sunflower pots so far. Uh, Mick says, Bush, I had a terrible night uh, last night. The wind blew open my electric gates twice. Both times I had to tell Alexa to close them. Kate in Harlow says, my trampoline is ripped and now has a hole in the net. Oh, we've got Simon on the line. He's phoned the helpline. Simon, what happened to you? Oh, mate, we've got these, uh, I don't know what they are, cherry trees maybe, but they've just got this little blossom and it's just everywhere, everywhere. It's, it's, it's all over the path outside, all over the drive. It's going to take ages to sweep it all up. Oh, dear. And, you know, we take our shoes off, but, you know, when we come in through the front door, but, yeah, just blossom everywhere in the in the hall. And I just don't want to have to vacuum it up, but there we go. I know what you mean. So people don't normally consider the uh, the the damage of dropped blossoms and stuff like that during storms, and you, you don't really get the kind of focus that you deserve. Maybe government compensation, that kind of thing. Well, I think, I think it's uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm forced. <laughs> It's just too much work. Oh, just just, just stay calm. It's all going to be okay. The thoughts and prayers of the whole Home Time family are with you, Simon, right now. So stay safe. James in Somerset says, says, Bush, one of the carbon poles in my Isabella caravan awning broke. I had to physically use my hands to fix it. He's totally mortified. Maria says, we had to put the winter cover on our guinea pig hutch because the hay and sawdust was getting soaked and blowing all over the yard. We've got Milo, who's at the scene of the devastation right now. We can speak to him. Milo, what happened to you, mate? Uh, I just woke up this morning and uh, found my greenhouse about two fields away. Looked like God had picked it up and just smashed it on the floor. Wow, so your whole greenhouse had disappeared. Now, that is 100% a middle-class uh, scenario that's going on. Uh, what was in the greenhouse? Um, just some pots and plants. I just put seeds in. So it was all ready for the summer, but then obviously it just all got trashed. And now I've got pots and plants with all different types of seeds growing in it. I don't know what's what anymore. So your entire planting system in your greenhouse is has gone, gone to pot? <laughs> Stay safe, my friend. Thoughts and prayers, I'll be say, are with you. Paul says uh, he's suffering from a bad case of tangled Peruvian wind chime. They're a nightmare to sort out those things. 
Keep us posted, Paul. Pete says he's had a nightmare. He's had to straighten up the bird box on the shed. He says he didn't sign up for this sort of commitment when installing it. Have we got Claire on the hotline? Claire, tell us the situation. What's going on around at your place? So I've spent the last two or three weeks just redoing my tortoise enclosures in the garden. Right. And um, got a new cold frame, assembled it, mounted it up on bricks, and it's blown over. <laughs> it's gone right over? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so from, from a tortoise's perspective, right, uh, yeah. if we were to put it in a human terms, what's that the equivalent of? Like a, someone's extension going over, someone's shopping centre flipping over? What, what is it for a tortoise in terms of scale? It's probably, yeah, it's probably like a cyclone going through your bedroom window, wow. I would say. That's, that, yeah. that's, it's, you can't really overstate that. That does sound pretty bad. What are the names of your tortoises, just so we can have them in our prayers this evening? <laughs> We've got Nemo and Dory and... Um, Joan and Dolly. And of all four of them, Rita, Sue and Bob too, they're being accounted for? Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone's safe and well inside at the moment. They've been moved to like a local school. That's what normally happens, isn't it, on the news? You're in a, yeah. in a school, in a, in a, in a gymnasium? In the yeah, in the community centre. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> lovely to speak to you. We hope things settle down soon. Thank you. All the best. Weird stuff happens on a bank holiday, doesn't it? Mad stuff, bank holiday stuff. And there's a really weird news story from the bank holiday weekend that I'm obsessed with. Adrian Edmondson, Aid Edmondson, you know him, star of Bottom, this song, The Young Ones, comic icon from the 80s. Uh, this is honestly true, he got trapped on a window ledge, his own window ledge, whilst trying to clean his windows. Uh, it's amazing, he shuffled out onto the ledge. Uh, this, is on the, this is like 15 feet up or something like that, so it's not like he couldn't have just hopped down shuffled out onto the ledge, pulled the window closed to try and clean it, and then couldn't open the window again. Imagine what had been going through his mind. So apparently he was bricking it, he asked a passerby to help, uh, they called the fire brigade, huge crowd there as he was sat on his window ledge. I love his tweet, he says, just trapped myself on a window ledge whilst cleaning the windows, had to ask a passerby to fetch help, fire brigade came, small crowd gathered, thoroughly enjoying themselves. How's your bank holiday? God bless him, and he was rescued safely, did a few selfies with the fire brigade, all is good. But it does raise the question, which I want to pursue and look at in this hour of home time. Have you ever had to be rescued from something by anyone? You ever had to be rescued from a thing? Did you get stuck? One of my good friends, Andy Lamore, what a fantastic name, uh, is a legend in my group of friends because he got trapped in the upstairs staff toilet at the Burger King in Fleet Walk, Torquay, and when we used to work there when we were kids. And he was in there for ages, and it traumatised him to this day. Uh, TV's Pete Ruddock's been on to tweet to say, uh, where to start, Bush? I got my head stuck in a cap flap. The firefighters had to cut me out. It, didn't, it doesn't actually clarify his age on that. I'd love to get some more clarification on that, Peter, if that's all right. Mark says, I once got stuck in the lift in a Brighton, uh, sorry, Birmingham travel lodge. Emergency buttons didn't work, so I had to Google the hotel phone number on my phone, ring reception, tell them we were stuck. Within 10 minutes, we were crowbarred out again by the fire brigade. Ian says, I was refitting a toilet door after having paint stripped. The door had swollen a little and it got stuck. I hadn't refitted the handle at that point, so I couldn't get any purchase to open it inwards. I had to get my four-year-old son to kung fu it from the other side to open it. What a legend. Uh, we've got Adam on the line. Mate, Adam, what happened to you? So, it was in 2019. Me, my girlfriend and her family were at Disney in Orlando and we were staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, one day, I went up to the hotel bar to get a few drinks and 
went to go down in the lift. The doors closed. The lift went down ever so slightly, and I was stuck. Oh. That would freak me out. Yeah. I, I remember being stood in the park in the centre of Trowbridge, or Tro Vegas, if you know the area, um, watching a woman. She was stuck in the, the lift of the uh, NCP car park for, like, two or three hours, and they were uh, the fire brigade were trying to get around and everything. That would make me not want to get in a lift ever again. How long were you trapped in there for? Only about ten minutes. The emergency phone didn't work, and I had a bar of signal, so I called my girlfriend frantically and said, I'm stuck in a lift, get me out. Uh, what the funniest thing was, up until we went to Disney, I was afraid of heights and I was afraid of roller coasters. <laughs> so it didn't help. <laughs> Just add, add lifts into that one as well. Hey, you're obviously there with a load of drinks, though. Uh, uh, swings and roundabouts, you sit on the floor and have everyone's round, I guess. Oh, I did. I did. The thing that would panic uh, me, though, is, is drinking all those drinks and then needing to go for a wee. Luckily, it was only it was only ten minutes. I was waiting. The fire brigade turned up. My girlfriend and her parents were sat, stood there laughing. I'm just sat on the floor with my drinks, like I'm on holiday. <laughs> Love it. Great to speak to you, mate. Thanks very much. And you, mate. Cheers. We've got Kyle on the line, mate. What happened to you? We hired a speedboat out in Cyprus. Me and a couple of friends took the speedboat out, went and did some snorkeling. We were probably about three miles out at sea at this point. Found some rocks, did a bit of snorkeling, saw some fish. Um, when we decided we were going to leave, we went to move the boat, went to pull the anchor up, and the anchor had got stuck. Right. So we, we couldn't get it up. So I swam down. In fact, we all had a try at swimming down, but it was so deep, we just couldn't dive down the rope to get down far enough to free the anchor. Oof. So we didn't want to cut it because we didn't know if, we were, if we'd lose our deposit if we did that. So we're sitting on the boat, and we're sitting there for quite a while, and I needed the toilet. <laughs> So eventually I, I thought, right, I'd jump off the boat and have a wee in the sea. But I can't wee in water. I'm, I'm not very good at it, but I was busting. Um, so I'm floating about in the sea with my life jacket on, trying to have a wee for probably a good 15 minutes. While that's happening, I'm floating further and further away from the boat. I'm, I'm a strong swimmer, so I wasn't too worried. The problem was the current was quite strong. And I was swimming for about 15 minutes and I just wasn't getting any closer to the boat. Oh my and I was only 20, 30 feet away from it. I wasn't far away from it. And I could see the, the beach and the island and it looked like the current was heading towards the island. So I figured I might as well just lay back. You know, it was the middle of the afternoon. It was nice weather. You've done so your I, wee. I just, yeah, yeah. I just literally just shouted to the boys and sort of told them what I was doing and just laid back and, and just let the current take me. Um, I was probably in the water for about half an hour, and I was drifting towards the island, I think. Um, and eventually this, this fishing boat came along. Uh, I thought they'd just see me bobbing about in the sea, but it turns out the fishing boat had stopped at the speedboat to ask if they were OK, and they said, no, one of our friends is literally over there. He's floating off in the current. Um, <laughs> So I got dragged onto this speedboat, this separate speedboat, these guys that didn't understand the word of English, I don't think, um, because I was trying to explain to them that, you know, I wasn't an absolute moron, although I probably did actually look like one. And they took me back and put me back on the speedboat. <laughs> I was still stuck on the speedboat with an anchor. Um, stuck in the, in the next... Luckily, because we didn't have any signal on our phone. <laughs> Um, but luckily, the guys who we hired the speedboat off, I think the guys from the fishing boat must have known them uh, and told them. And about half an hour later, this guy came out, 
tried to free the anchor and in the end he just cut the anchor and uh, we headed back to, to land. Wow, so that could have been like one of the costliest wees of all time if you hadn't been caught by those guys on the speedboat. You might have been floating out somewhere in the Med. Well, it was, it was funny because when I turned around to look at the island, I could see the beach, I could see the current, but I could also see the end of the island. <laughs> And it, it was like a 50-50. I'm either going to hit the beach or I'm going to float straight past the island. God almighty. It's literally, hearing you describe that, it was a little bit like watching 999 with Michael Burke back in the day. Uh, well, I'm glad that you were all safe and you were rescued in the end. Good to speak to you, my friend. Yeah, you too. Cheers. So look, we're watching Line of Duty, uh, but Series 5, because it seems like everybody in the entire world was watching Series 6, which just wrapped up uh, over the bank holiday weekend. So I thought, right, uh, we, we watched four ages ago. I'm not going to go further back. Let's watch Series 5. And I've not watched Line of Duty for absolutely ages. I don't know if it's me being thick or something, but I don't know what anyone's talking about. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think it's got to be the most abbreviated show when people are talking in terms of using, like, shop phrases that you... How would we even know that? Do you know what I mean? So, like, they're going about, like, the CGO having an MO on the APC that will get two RPGs killed if the CPO doesn't call a BFG. What the hell are they talking about? It should be a PDF. Maybe just do a brochure with the next season, whatever series. Don't want to call it season. Like a little brochure that you can have alongside you there just to tell you what, what stuff is. I remember my dad watching Game of Thrones had some kind of printout that he used that helped him with who all the different families and clans were. Or even lingua... You know how you can learn a language on linguaphone with your headphones in? Just that, but like with police abbreviations. Don't count it out. We've got a new station coming to the Absolute Radio family very, very soon. Absolute Radio Country will play you the biggest country songs of all time. From Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton and the Eagles, to Keith Urban, Carrie Underwood and loads more as well. You might not think you like country music, but we think you'll love Absolute Radio Country. And here's a little taster of what you can expect. I ain't as good as I once was. bit of this. And a sprinkling of this. And this. And a bit of this. It starts on digital radio, on your smart speaker and on the free Absolute Radio mobile app on Monday the 17th of May. Be ready. Right, time for the Tuesday Tombola. We don't know how this is going to go. We don't know what uh, phone-in topic is going to take over our lives for the final hour of the show. A hundred different table tennis balls, a hundred different phone-in topic numbers on there. Our producer, Adem, is going to be spinning the Tombola today because Richie's on his holidays. Honoured, as always. And he's going to give it a good old spin. What is going to pop out? Uh, before we before we find out, Adam, you went to my neck of the woods at the bank holiday weekend. Uh, back to Essex, back to my route, Southend. Did you enjoy it? Did you have a nice time? It was lovely, yeah. But you had one complaint that you were just hinting at earlier on about Southend Seafront. What about the chips? You don't like the chips? I love fish and chips. They do oven chips. Are you sure they were they oven were chips? They were oven chips. They weren't out of a fat, fr- fat fryer. Okay. 100%. I'll pass that on. When I go back home this evening, I'll... I'll Distribute some leaflets. Bruno's we'll fish it. and chip shops. It was. Have a word of him. <laughs> All right, I've got a ball for you. 
It is number 12. Right, phone in 12. Let's have a little look what this pertains to. Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, ball 12 is, do you have a weird nickname for someone in your family? That's tonight's subject for the Tuesday Tom Bowler. Do you have a weird nickname for someone in your family? So, for example, we call our mum Queen. It's like a Scouse thing from ages ago. I like the best girl in 10 streets and all that kind of thing. Uh, Kerry says, my 11-year-old daughter's name is Amelia, but we've always called her Moo. I feel bad when I've called that in public, as people might think I'm calling her a cow. Uh, we've got Romana on the uh, phone. Uh, you got one for us, is that right? Yeah, we all call our mum the governor. That's what we've always called her. And we call her Gov for show um, because she's just an absolute governor. So you you would say in the supermarket, all right, governor, all right, gov, how's it going? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, we would, yeah. And what is your mum's <laughs> actual name, Ramona? She's called Sue Leonard. That is a, that's a stern yeah. name in a little Sue, Sue Leonard. Yeah. And she's well, a f- back in the day, she was called Psycho Sue when she was a punk, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this woman gets more and more interesting by the second. So you don't mess with little Sue, that's for sure. No, that's, that's it. Well, uh, it's lovely to hear from you and it's lovely to hear about little Sue. <laughs> Brilliant. Tom says, our cat, he's called Percy, but only responds to frugal or pee. Weird abbreviations going on for a cat there. Uh, Alan says, our daughter is called Ellie Louise, but when my son was younger and he was learning to read, he thought Louise was spelt Lou Wacker. We still call her Ellie Lou Wacker. I'm sure she'll be mortified hearing that on the radio. Ben says, our son Joseph is nicknamed Nacho. Uh, when my wife was pregnant, we were planning on seeing the new Star Wars film. She joked about going into labour in the cinema and how they'd have to use nachos as forceps. Three years later on, we still call him Nacho to this day. I love your messages. Keep them coming in, 8, 12, 15. You can call as well. We've got Suze on the line. You having a good night, Suze? I am, actually. Yeah, I'm not bad at all. Why's your night on? so good? What's, what's, going, what's been going on? I just have a good life, don't I? If I'm a, if I'm a breathing, it's a good day. Fantastic! I love your approach to life. I'm going to do you do an audio book? I listen to an audio book of yours about, <laughs> about stuff like that. I can do. I can do. Well, let's let's sort that out. Empowering. Well, Suze, tell us about the nicknames that go on in your household. It's, uh, it's a particularly embarrassing, one, to be honest. Well, it's embarrassing because obviously I ended up um, meeting a man from Essex, and I'm a mank, so you know that didn't go down well. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then. And he had all the traits, you know, the, the uh, slip-on shoes and everything, uh, into his soul music, and we don't do that. Does anymore. he? Uh, does he have socks? No one, none of the men in Essex appear to have socks since we've been there. Well, he's old gen, though, isn't he? He's old generation. He's fifty plus now. So no, he had. Uh, he used to walk around with one of those, you know, with like a stereo on his shoulder in the olden days. Oh, was he one of those? I know. It's one of those. Peter Lino used to do his like, you know, break dancing on it. <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so I met him, and. Um, well, he was a trader in the city, so, you know, and so that none of them could have their own names because they're all doing these mega big deals and stuff. So when I first met him, I thought, what's your name? He said, well, my name's Horse. I said, no, what's your real name? He said, no, my name's Horse. And I said, but no, what's your real name? I went, to be fair, it's worse than Horse, to be honest, his name's Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expect- no one ever expects Keith in that kind of scenario. So his nickname is Horse. Dare I even yeah. ask why no. they nicknamed him Horse? No, it's just horrific. It's, it's for all the reasons that you think, but it had nothing to do with me. But the problem is, of course, you can't... Who wants to be called Keith either? So when point. I first introduced him, you know, I'd have to, my mum's German, I'm like, his name's Horst, mum. So ah. I thought, great, great, where's the family from? Smashing. And, uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. Finishing off with a German impression, Suze, you've got it all going on this evening, that's for sure. 